today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, do what I do as an example to you, my way of life, the fruit of my life, because the fruit of my life is a godly life. And the writer of Hebrews has just got done telling them to remember their leaders and watch their lives. Look at their lives. That, that should speak volumes. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. In today's message, Pastor J.D. is going to be talking about the fruits of our lives. Do apple trees reap apples? Of course. In the same way, we are to allow God to be the center of our lives so that the things that we do and the things that we say will always resemble who we belong to. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're currently in the book of Hebrews, actually almost done with the book of Hebrews. And today our text is going to be chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 17, and we're going to make our way all the way through verse 17. So (laughs) I know, one verse today. You'll see why, I hope, shortly. So as I read our lengthy text today, if not where you're seated is fine. But the writer of Hebrews, by the Holy Spirit, writes, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority, because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. We're going to do a 12-week series on this uh, one verse here, if you don't mind. I'm kidding, you know that I am. Let's pray, if you would please join with me. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. I mean, this is your word, and every word is here for a reason, inspired certainly, and sometimes for rebuke, exhortation, encouragement, direction, all of the above. And such is the case with this verse that we have before us today. But Lord, now what we need desperately is for your Holy Spirit to be our teacher as you speak into our lives in and through your word. Clearly, this verse is in our Bibles for a reason, and we need for the Holy Spirit to show us what that is. And Lord, when the Holy Spirit does, we want the Holy Spirit to be met with ears that hear, eyes that see, but perhaps more importantly, hearts that receive and take heed to your word. So Lord, will you, in our time together in your word today, bless it and speak to us in and through it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk with you today 
about how it is that we as a church body, and that's a key word, you'll see why here in a moment, a church body can prevent church conflict and avoid the needless and unnecessary damage that it always causes. While I realize that teaching just this one verse can appear to be self-serving as a pastor, the truth of the matter is that this one verse is for all of our benefit. And before we jump into this, I think we need a better understanding as it relates to the basis upon which the writer is exhorting us concerning this matter. And in order to do that, we have to go back to verse 7. This is Hebrews 13, verse 7. He writes of these leaders, saying, Remember your leaders, who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate their faith. Now why is that important that we have that understanding? Because it comes with this presupposition that the leaders whom the writer of Hebrews is talking about, are teaching the Word of God. And not only are they teaching God's Word, they're living godly lives. That, that is a presupposition before we move any further. Because certainly the writer would not exhort us to submit to a leader that is not submitted to the Lord. The Apostle Paul would say it like this, follow me as I follow Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, do what I do as an example to you, my way of life, the fruit of my life, because the fruit of my life is a godly life. And the writer of Hebrews has just got done telling them to remember their leaders and watch their lives. Look at their lives. That, that should speak volumes to you. It's been said that it's not so much what's taught as much as it is what's caught. In other words, and this applies to parenting certainly, <laughs> we, we try to teach our children and train them in the ways of the Lord, the fear and the admonition of the Lord, but how many times in doing that do we in effect say to our children without saying it, vocally, verbally, what we're saying to them is, don't do what I do, do what I say. <laughs> That's a parent's nightmare, right? When the child looks at your life and you're trying to teach them, and they're looking at you going, really? What about you? You don't do that. You're telling me to do that? How about you do that first, and I'll learn from you. Because children will imitate their parents. I remember when our daughter was really young, and this was a long time ago in a land far, far away in Kailua. And it was during a season in my life when I just, well first of all I had more energy then, but 
I would just yell at the TV, just in, in sheer frustration, and even anger. Of course, it was, it's always righteous anger when it comes to the pastor, right? So I'm just yelling, no, what? I'm here I am arguing with the TV, like that's doing a lot of good, right? Here's my precious little girl looking at me, and she starts imitating me in that cute, precious voice, and she's yelling at the TV. I'm like, oh Lord, I'm so sorry, what have I taught my daughter? So here's the point, and I do have one, believe it or not. As leaders, we have to be godly leaders. We have to be godly leaders. And this is why the writer of Hebrews can say what he says in this verse with respect to confidence in and submitting to leaders. One submission to the God-given authority in their life will be proportionate to one's level of confidence in that leader that they're submitting to. It's been said that honor is given, but respect is earned. If and when a leader has earned that respect, that confidence, those under their leadership will submit. Submission will always ensue because there's a confidence, a trust in that leader. And it works both ways, conversely, sadly. It's when a leader has not earned the confidence and respect of those under their leadership that conflict will always ensue. I find it interesting that the writer of Hebrews is not exhorting them concerning existing church conflict. It seems like these Hebrew Christians were not having any conflict which is why the writer wants to encourage them to continue and create an environment that is conflict-free. Let me say it in a better way. In a church environment, you have to create an environment that is conducive to peace and harmony. And it seems like that there was not conflict, as there was in the Corinthian church, which we're going to talk about here in a moment. And so he's really exhorting them to keep doing what they're doing in order to prevent it. Now, for those who find themselves in a situation where they're in a church that's riddled with conflict, We talked about this in the Prophecy Update in a different context, but uh, I want to say this as lovingly as I possibly can, but if you're in a church where the pastor is not preaching the Word of God, get out. Get out. And go find a church and a pastor that you can submit to and respect, that's living a godly life, and that has earned your confidence, and that teaches the Word of God and feeds the sheep. Now, I realize that's easier said than done, especially with everything that's happening in the world today. So I would encourage you, and this is Acts chapter 2, can't find a church? Start a home fellowship. Wherever there are two or more gathered in my name, there I am. That's what they did in the early church. 
Just go through the Word of God or watch. We have a lot of people that watch the services online. That's their church. Partake together of communion, fellowship. It's the four legs on the table of Acts 2.42. They remain steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. That's the Word of God. Prayer, communion, the breaking of bread, and fellowship. You need all four. That's why the writer of Hebrews earlier exhorted them and us with them to not forsake the assembling, keyword of themselves together, as was the custom of some. See, when you disenfranchise yourselves from the body of Christ, you are cutting yourself off. You're in effect maiming the body of Christ. You have to come together, assembled together as a body of believers, because that's how a body functions. And again, we'll talk about that more in a moment. Okay, I hope that we have this fundamental understanding from which to now move forward and look at the why behind the what of this exhortation. So the exhortation is to submit to the leaders who are teaching of the Word and living godly lives as godly examples, and you're to respect them and submit to their authority. And don't be a burden on them. Be a joy to them. Because that's for your benefit too, by the way. So that's the what of the exhortation, but I think we would do well to turn this corner and now look at the why. Why is this so important? Why are we to do what God is exhorting us, even commanding us to do? So I've got three of them. Isn't that just typical? Three-point sermon. I tried to come up with four, but I would have had to manufacture the fourth one. So I tried to narrow it down to two, but then there's actually three. So there's three, okay? So leave me alone. Three whys. Three whys in this one verse, <laughs> all of which speak to the paramount importance of this principle. And keep in mind, this is not for the benefit of the leaders. This is for the benefit of everyone. So we're going to start with the leaders, then we're going to talk about the believers, and then we're going to talk about, thirdly, the church as a whole. Here's the first why. Leaders keep watch over souls and will give an account. That's why. James chapter 3 verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers. And here's why. Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We're dealing with souls here. What we as pastors and teachers of God's Word do on a Sunday morning, as is our privilege to, when we teach the Word of God, we're dealing not with life and death. We're dealing with life and death for all eternity. That's pretty serious. And there will come a day when all pastors will have to give an account for what they did 
with what God called them to do. So, we're going to be judged more strictly. So here's the thing. I, I love how one pastor described it. So when we get there, and we're, we're all going to give an account, right, on that great and final day, so they're going to have a separate line for us. No, they are. I checked. And so that's what James is saying. And it's going to say, pastors. And so I'll be in that line. It's going to be a very long line. It's going to move very, very slow. You're going to be in a different line, because you won't be judged as strictly. So will you please, as you're going through, you just wave at me and <laughs> you're looking at me like, I'm going to look at you and go, I don't know who that is. I've never seen that guy before in my life. <laughs> and then the rooster's going to crow. But anyway, um, no, we're going to be held to a higher account. We're going to be judged more strictly because we have been tasked with and called to look over and watch over the souls, the flock of God. That is a high calling, and that is a serious calling, and that is one that I take very seriously. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 25, he knows this is going to be the last time he's going to see his brothers and sisters there. So he says, now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Some of your translations render it the whole counsel of God, the whole word of God. And then he says this, here's the exhortation. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. Doubtless the Apostle Paul had in mind what's recorded in Ezekiel. The prophet Ezekiel has a chilling, and I mean that's an understatement, a chilling warning to watchmen to leaders, those who would guard the flock, as it were. And he says, if you see a threat coming, and you don't warn the people, their blood is on your hands. I will hold you to an account, because you did not warn them. That's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. I'm free of the blood. I have no one's blood on my hands. Flip that around. Now, as a watchman, a leader, a pastor, a teacher, if you warn the people and they don't heed the warning, no blood on your hands. It's on them. <laughs> so there. <laughs> it, the pressure's off of me, because... When I give an account, I did not hold back. Oh my goodness, did I? Oh, there, there were times, like every week, where I'm thinking to myself, Lord, no, can't I just get up there and just, it's all good. Everything's going to be okay. Let's just have a group hug. No. There were those in Jeremiah's day, Isaiah's day, 
Ezekiel's day, they were saying, peace, peace, when there was no peace. I'm reminded, his name is Micaiah, not a lot of people know him, but God deemed it necessary to record his name in the account of when Jehoshaphat and Ahab are coming together to form this alliance to go into battle. So Ahab calls all of his prophets and says, are we going to prevail in battle? And all the prophets who were on Ahab's payroll are just going to tell him what he wants to hear, because that's what they're paid to do. So they all tell him, oh yes, go forth, you're going to win the battle, you're, everything's going to be okay, you will be victorious, go forth in the name of the Lord. And Jehoshaphat's going, um, wait, <laughs> can we get a second opinion? Is there another prophet here that, because these guys are all, you know, telling you what you want to hear. They're not telling us what maybe we need to hear. And I love Ahab's response. Well, I don't love it, but <laughs> it's kind of humorous, actually, when you think about it. He says, you know, Joshua, there is this one guy, but I hate his guts. I think he actually says that. I hate him because all he ever does is prophesy against me. In fact, he's in prison for doing that. And Jehoshaphat's like, hey, let's just hear what he has to say. So Ahab sends this man to get him out of prison, and the men go to Micaiah, and they're like, Micaiah, okay, here's the deal. Let me tell you what's going down. All of the prophets have told Ahab what he wants to hear, but Jehoshaphat wants you, and Ahab sent us to get you. And so when you get there before Ahab, you tell him the same thing that all the other prophets said. Micaiah's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, right. So he actually does, all sarcastic and everything. So he's brought before Ahab and Jehoshaphat. And it's what, what say you, Micaiah? So he prophesied, he said, yeah, go forth, you're all going to be victorious. And what's for lunch? Well, Ahab picks up on it. Certainly Jehoshaphat picks up on it. And Ahab turns to Jehoshaphat and says, see, what did I tell you? Look at, look at how sarcastic and facetious he is. And you know, okay, Micaiah, tell us the truth. He said, you want the truth? <laughs> he tells him the truth. Basically says, you're going to die in battle, Ahab. Have a nice evening. That's the truth. And then what does Ahab do? Puts him back in prison. And he says, do not let him out until I return and prove this prophecy wrong. There's only one problem. Prophecy wasn't wrong. He was speaking the truth. And so what happens? Ahab goes into battle and he's killed in battle exactly as Micaiah said. Jeremiah, by the way, when we're done with Isaiah, which we have six more chapters, you know what comes after Isaiah? Jeremiah. He's affectionately referred to as the weeping prophet. And here he's commanded and called to prophesy judgment and warn the people, and no one takes heed. And it was so hard. And he, he is told by God to speak the words that God puts on his lips to speak, knowing that they will not be popular. In fact, not only will they not be popular, they will be rejected. And it's not Jeremiah they're rejecting, they're rejecting God. 
Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you heard today may have encouraged you in your faith. There are many revered Bible characters mentioned in the book of Hebrews, people who lived ordinary lives but amounted to much in God's eyes when it came to faith. Perhaps you might be the same. You're living your very ordinary life, striving to live for God, but sometimes you make some harebrained decisions. Thankfully, God's looking at your life and your faith as a whole. This should be encouraging to you. You don't have to live up to perfection. Continue following this series with us in the book of Hebrews to gain additional glimpses of faith lived out. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Hebrews. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God has been putting on his heart. Faith is something that's ongoing, so keep it up. Join us again on In Spirit and Truth. Oh,